listening to Brave Girls Club Campfire Tales, baby. Uh, baby. I'm Lindsay. I'm Kelly. And I'm Krista. Baby. 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 Woo. Wow. Baby. <laughs> Uh, this is our little mini episode that we release every couple weeks, and it has all of your submitted stories on it. Uh, so if you have any fun stories you want to share, any near-death experiences, any time your cat pooped and it said hello. The poop said hello? Yeah. Well, not out loud, but I mean like it wrote hello. Oh, that's Or spooky. if poop talked to you, let us know. Yeah. You got an alien in your cupboard? <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. Roll through. Yeah, roll through. <laughs> Come through. Slide in the DM. BB. If you want to tell us about a time that a Sasquatch gave you a little kiss on your wee-wee. Oh! You can, you can write it in like, what are those uh, email or what was that? That's porno my, mag? That's in my Pornhub search history. <laughs> Sasquatch pee-pee kiss. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um... <laughs> like that porno mag where people would write in their like sexy encounters. Uh, Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Is that about. the one no. where house forum? Yeah. Is that the one that Fred and Rose West submitted? Oh no, but they Rose West stories too. They might have, but I think they did it more on like small publications, like creepy, like like those kind of magazines that have like they're like swingers mags. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Cool. Uh, <laughs> We're out of Batulos. Oh, yeah. No Batulo more Batulos. died. He's dead. <laughs> Rest Bye. in peace, Batulo. In the fire. He didn't make so it. So long. He, yeah. Bye-bye. I meant to text <laughs> Jory and ask him, like, hey, is Batulo okay? Or, <laughs> but let us know. Yeah. If you're Batulo, roll through. HMU. <laughs> HMU. <laughs> Okay, um, so we have a couple stories. We have a couple yeah. stories this week. Yeah, and I haven't read uh, any of them. I don't know any of them. So, oh wow. Okay, well I'll read Jahia's, and then you can read Katie's. Okay. All right. Cool. <coughs> so this is from our friend Jahia. Jahia. Hi Jahia. He listened to our entire podcast on the tour. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's in a band called Stay Wild. They're super cool. You should listen to them. Um, but on their most recent tour, they listened to the podcast, which yeah. is really which cool. Which is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jahaya. Yeah. He also gave us a little shout out on his Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Because he really liked it. And he thought that we were funny. <laughs> Who the funk? <laughs> little old us. Little old funny? Us? Funny. Mm. I don't think so. What? But okay. <laughs> Sounds fake, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Sorry. From Jahaya. Spoilers. Hi. First off, you're all amazing. I didn't even add that part. That was already in there. Uh, He's going to message us and be like, (laughs) um, (laughs) no. So. I didn't write you guys a story. (laughs) I'm just like in my room pretending I'm other people. I put on like a Jahia wig and I hold a guitar. A mustache. A (laughs) fake mustache that curls. Yeah. And I just write these spooky stories. I'm insane. Okay. Okay. Anyway. From Jahia. (laughs) I spend a lot of time on the road and driving at night. And at different times, in different areas, in different vans, I've seen the same creepy girl running alongside the van while I'm driving on the freeway. 
It started years ago on tour through Oregon. Myself and our drummer both saw a creepy girl in a white dress standing on the medium between the freeways. We both acknowledged it was creepy as fuck. So, of course, we didn't stop or try to help or anything. But I swear, two hours later, that girl was running at like 70 miles per hour alongside our van. It scared the hell out of me, and I almost killed all of us. But then she was gone. It's happened sporadically over the last couple years, including about three days ago. (gasps) And every time, I almost crashed the van. So that's fun. That's all I got. Keep doing what you're doing. Also, make shirts so that I might buy one. Jahia. Aww. We're working on that. Yeah. I'm working on that. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking scary. Yeah. That, oh. like, gave me chills. We, before we can get on iTunes, we need to figure out how to make a RSS feed. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a fan and you want to help us out with that, please yeah. message us. Because I am an idiot and I've tried to figure it out <laughs> so many times. I do not understand it. We don't get it. Yeah. Help us. Give me your computer brain and teach me your computer science. (laughs) And I'll put it on my computer laptop. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Message us. All right. So, this one was submitted by Leslie. It's her sister Katie's story. So, um, I haven't read this one yet either. I heard it from Leslie. So, I don't, but this is in Katie's words. Uh, So, here we go. So there I was, ending my shift at the Opera House back in 2007. The park, Disneyland, by the way, she's working at Disneyland, uh, switched the theme from Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln to The First 50 Magical Years. And with that came the renovation to Walt Disney's office, located towards the back of the Opera House. Some of the custodians swore up and down that at night, sometimes the light in Walt's office would turn itself on and then off. But that's their ghost story, not mine. On this particular night, I had the late shift and was wrapping up our last showing. Let's pause and get a little technical here. The microphone in the theater was known to be a little touchy, as well as ancient, so you had to time the microphone with the music so you didn't hear this unattractive pop over the sound system. You also had to absolutely, positively make sure that you turn the mic off or else it'd be a hot mic and Lord's no- Lord knows what it would catch. So it's oh, about I'm, I'm sorry. What? Disney has a, a bajillion dollars. They can't fix a goddamn microphone. This was in 2007. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. So <laughs> So it's about 12:20 in the morning and I'm getting the last guests out of the theater. I tell them to have a magical night, turn off the microphone, grab grab the flashlight, and begin to walk down main uh, aisle of the theater. When I get to the middle, that's when I hear the pop over the sound system. To the count of three Mississippis later, I hear another pop over the system, meaning that the microphone just turned itself off. I stop dead in my tracks, and every hair is raised on my neck. The microphone turns itself back on with a pop. At this point, I'm thinking it's my buddies from trains playing a prank on me, so I slowly turn around. That's when I smell it, the faint odor of a cigarette. I look around, no one is there. Just me, the random cigarette smoke, and the pop going off every three seconds. I guess it took me a minute to realize what was going on, because I got the shivers so bad that I dropped the flashlight, ran straight out of the theater, around the front, and barged into the lead's office. Mind you, all is quiet on Main Street. Not a soul is around the train depot or the opera house. So I run into the, my lead's office, and without skipping a beat, she turns around and with a twinkle in her eye says, I see you've met Walt. <gasps> Did her eyes really twinkle? I think so. 
That's scary. The night crew will tell you that sometimes, as they clean up Main Street, they catch the faint smell of a cigarette smoke and know that Walt, or one of the happy haunts, is on a stroll through the park. Oh, magical. (laughs) Dang, he must be bored just playing with a microphone all day. (laughs) (laughs) Chain smoking. I really got to learn how to twinkle my eyes. Twinkle them? I think it's almost like smizing. Like, watch, like, Tyra Banks will show you how. Well, on TV, their eyes twinkle. And I need to twinkle my eye so that people know when I'm being spooky (laughs) or, uh, like, a little wink, wink. But without winking. Instead of winking, it's just a little... Ding. A twink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, we have a special guest this week. And it's no one. It's Luciano, but we only have three mics. That's okay. You can, you want to take mine? I can, yeah. You can take mine. Here you go. It's Luciano. Luciano's going to give us his campfire tales. Thank you. It's really, really cool to be here. (laughs) Is it though? It is. (laughs) Well, it's warm in here, but it's cool to be here. That's because we've been farting in here for an hour. (laughs) Hot farts. 11 minutes. Hot farts. Baby. All right. (laughs) So Luciano has a spooky story, right? A yes, few? I do. Yes, He's I like, do. Uh, what was I supposed to? <laughs> I do have a spooky, spooky story from my childhood that I would like to share. Okay, awesome. You were All a right. child once? I was once a child. Not a brave child, <laughs> just, but I was a child. I need to see a photo of you when you were little. When he was really little, he loved trains. <gasps> oh my God. Trains are still cool, so. He still likes trains. But like you're grown up now, so no. Mm. Right, right. Now it's yeah. weird that yeah. you like trains. Yeah. <laughs> but it used it's to be little, cute. It's because it's of the conductor suit. That's what makes it weird. You anyway. have one still? Oh, yeah. Of course. Handkerchief and hat, all of it. That's cute. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a, like a little pocket watch? Mm-hmm. Oh. He just wants to toot the horn. Choo-choo. All right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so my story is from when I was nine years old, and I had just moved into, like, my first house. And it was a pretty old house, and it was in a suburb. It was on a cul-de-sac. And we had to do a lot of work to it. There was, like, broken windows. It, the, the bathrooms were, like, destroyed. And so, like, my parents, they bought the house. They fixed it up. It was old, but, you know, it was our first home. So uh, when I was a kid, I really liked taking baths. So this. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No, because. You haven't taken a tuned. bath in years. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> so I used to like to take baths. And the thing about this house is it had one of those like classic bathtubs with like the legs and everything. Like one of those old oh, ones with the feet. A, that's a, a cloth. Yeah. And it would take like an hour to fill because the water pressure was really weak and it was like deep, huge. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's how my brother's bathtub is at his house. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> so, like the third or fourth night, my mom draws a bath for me, 
and it's filling up and I get in and I'm like sitting there and I'm soaking and she leaves. She goes to the kitchen or to the garage or something, unpacking probably. And I'm just sitting there and I start to feel this pressure on my head. Like it's pushing down, but very slightly. <gasps> and I start to sink my head into my shoulders. And then eventually I slink down into the bathtub and into the water. And I go slowly, slowly and slowly until I submerge completely under the water. <gasps> and I open my eyes. And it's like super quiet because, you know, the water and everything, mm -hmm. it's absorbing all the sound. And I keep looking up and I'm staring straight at the ceiling. And all of a sudden, I see one shadow like figure. I can't make it out. And it's like right above me. And it's just looking at me and I can't make out a face. And then a second figure like comes in and like positions right next to it. And it's like looking at me for like a few seconds and then all of a sudden reaches in <gasps> and pulls me out. And it's my dad. <gasps> and when I come out, I gasp. I'm like, <gasps> I just like been underwater for like, he doesn't know how long. I don't remember how long, but it was pretty long. Mm -hmm. And there's only one person in the bathroom. But I remember seeing two shadows while I was underwater. And after that, never took a bath again. <gasps> and that's because of... That's why you got that smell, huh? <laughs> That's why I got that smell. I got that ghost phantasm smell because I honestly felt like somebody was trying to push me underwater. Like it, you felt pressure, like someone was pushing you like under the water? Like very slightly, just like just like this, like trying to dunk my head in. Oh my God. And it was really creepy. Couldn't sleep. Had to sleep in my parents' room for like two weeks. And it was like you... not a good way to get acquainted with the house. Did you almost drown? Like did you inhale water or anything? Yeah, I did. I was, I don't know how long I was in there, but like my dad found me and he just reached in and just pulled me out and he was the only one in there, but I could totally see two like figures. Damn. Wow. Yeah. That shit's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is scary. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's my story. That's, that's my a good one. Here's a question. Uh, question. Mm -hmm. Could you like see faces or was it just like a dark shadow? No, it was it was because the, the, the tub was super deep. So I was way into the water and all I could make out was like a figure. No, no facial features, nothing. I couldn't even tell it was my dad. When was it like in. it leaned over or was it just like standing there? It was like standing, just standing there, like kind of Menacingly. far away. But when my dad came in, it just went like this. It went, it did a, a motion forward and then he pulled me out and Damn. it was just him. That's scary. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is spooky as hell. Did and you think it was the ghost grabbing you or did you know it was your dad? Um, I didn't I didn't know what it was cuz I couldn't make out either figure. Do but, you think it's a ghost now? Uh, I don't think it was a ghost. I don't know what, what do it was. Well, I mean, you felt something and you saw something. Uh, it's it's unexplained. I don't know. It could have been Maybe it was an alien. Maybe it was an angel trying to spare you from the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't do a good job. Aww. That's a good one. And you have another one to tell, too? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Um, so this one is when I was a teenager in high school, and this is a near-death experience. <gasps> <clears throat> so I'm sure you're all familiar with Coachella Fest. Uh -huh. One of the biggest uh, concerts. Uh, well, it was my senior year in high school, 
and I had gotten tickets and all my friends had gotten tickets for the first time. So we all went together. It was really cool. And we like to get there early because we want to see all the bands. And it's about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're just bored out of our minds. And we're just hanging out. And it's really, like, really hot. And I'm sweating, like, hardcore. I'm dehydrated. And I'm walking around. And, like, nobody wants to wait in line for uh, water or anything like that. So I'm just, like, standing there like, okay, I'm just going to die. And, and then you did. And then I almost did. And uh, so we go to watch this band at the outdoor theater. And I'm like trying to enjoy it, but I feel like I'm going to pass out. And all of a sudden, uh, my heart starts beating really, really fast, like almost instantly. It shoots from like regular 80 beats per minute to like 120, 130. And I'm feeling like pretty uncomfortable. It's starting to shoot up into like my throat and i can feel it and so i go to the uh first aid tent and i'm like hey i'm not feeling too good is like can i get some water or like sit down or something and the first aid tents are all volunteers like they're all just kids who want you know bracelets so they can get in and the girl's like yeah yeah come in and it's like what's wrong it's like do you need aspirin it's like no my heart's beating really fast she's like oh well i can give you some water and aspirin and i'm like i i don't think i need that can i just like lay down and she's like yeah yeah go lay down and so I'm laying down on this little cot and it's still super hot, even though we're inside this tent and my heart starts to get faster and faster and it's beating like pounding and like I can feel it. And it's just like, like super, super bad. And so she comes in to check on me after like five or six minutes and she's like, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm not good. And she's like, okay. And then she like puts her hand over my heart and she's like, oh, oh, wow. And then she runs out and signals for somebody and two EMTs come in and they start taking my pulse and they're like, sir, uh, it seems like you have a pretty elevated pulse. Uh, do you have any, like, were you taking any drugs? Were you drinking? And I was like, no, man, I'm just in high school. And I was like, I was totally sober. <laughs> and he's like, well, are you sure? Because it seems you have like 180 beats per uh, minute. Wow. And he's like, we have to take you to the hospital. And it's like, do you have your parents here? And it's like, no, I'm by myself with my friends. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And like, I don't want to go to the hospital, but at the same time, like I'm feeling really, really crappy. So eventually they convinced me to go to the hospital. And normally from where Coachella Fest is to the ho nearest hospital is like a three to five minute drive. But because this was still early in the day and people were still trying to get to the campgrounds, it was like, crazy traffic it was like just dead like everybody was just sitting still and even though they were flashing the lights and the sirens it wasn't enough because at that time it was still one lane so people had to move into like the dirt and so we were just sitting there for waiting people to waiting for people to move go, over, to move over. Mm -hmm. do you know how long it took you to get to the hospital i was not paying attention <laughs> i was <laughs> nope, like okay. feeling pretty pretty much like garbage i was dying so uh, they rushed me to the hospital and they put me in the ER and the ER is already filled with like six or seven people just on makeshift beds, um, from the concert who are obviously having like really bad trips, mm -hmm. which is why the guy asked me, he's like, did you take any drugs? Mm -hmm. And there's a girl just screaming and screaming and screaming and I'm sitting there and it takes like about an hour for a doctor to see me. And he all he does is hook me up to a machine, 
which checks my pulse and my heartbeat. And he's like, oh, you're at a 206 right now, beats per minute. And I'm like, wow, oh, is that bad? Oh, my God. And he says, we don't know, but you could go into cardiac arrest. <gasps> and I was like, well, I don't want that. And he's like, yeah, can we, just your parents here? He's like, no. It's like, okay, well, we have to call him before we do anything. And so I'm just sitting there and like my heartbeat is in my throat and it's pounding and I have a headache and I'm hot and I'm sweating and it's gross. And there's like two people freaking out on drugs and one girl yelling. It's not good. There's no curtains. There's no privacy whatsoever because of the concert. They just have to fit as many people as they can. And so eventually my mom gets there. It takes her about an hour and a half to get there and the whole time i'm like at hovering at like 190 to like 210 beats per minute and she comes in and the doctor explains what's happening and he's like well you know we need your permission if we're going to use the defibrillator because it could hurt him and like okay we'll use it and so just like classic like movies where they get the paddles and they rub them together right on my chest clear and then boom I get a shock and it drops my heartbeat about 50 beats, but then just starts rising back. And so that didn't help. And they were like, do you want to do it again? I was like, no, cause that hurt like fucking hell. And so I'm I'm laying there and they're talking to my mom again and she. Medical stuff grosses uh, Krista out so bad. I'm sorry. She's going to like throw up right now. All right. It's going to get, it's going to get a little worse. Okay, so. So they're talking to my mom and they're like explaining the other options. And the only other option is that the nurses and the doctor come in, strap me down and insert what's called adenosine, like a kind of uh, steroid uh, injection that goes into my arm. And then they, re they remove the excess adrenaline from my other arm. <coughs> and so... They're explaining this to me. So this is the only way we can get your heartbeat regular. And we're going to have to do it. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. And they come in. They strap me to the bed. There's three nurses, one doctor. And they're counting down five, four, three, two, one. And as soon as the doctor says one, the nurse in my IV on my left arm puts in the adenosine and actually doing it the other nurse is pulling out from my other arm. I don't know if it was blood or, or she was putting something else in there, but they were doing it like at the same time. It was kind of cool to see them do it like so in sync. And then a few seconds after that, my heartbeat starts to get regular. It's going down. It goes from 180 to 140, 120, then 80, 75 normal, but it doesn't stop going down. It goes to 60, to 40, to 30, and eventually it flatlines. And I remember as that's happening, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter, and I begin to white out. And my entire vision is bright white, and I don't hear anything. And it's like super peaceful. And then all of a sudden, I snap back to reality with my arm like held out, and I'm saying, fuck! And... I'm back to normal. Like my heart is beating regularly again. And the doctor was like, well, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel like shit. <laughs> and he's like, you should, but you're good now. And he says, do you want to see where you flatlined? And I was legally dead 
for five seconds and he showed me the chart where it had the crazy spikes <laughs> of my heartbeat and then flat. Oh and then five God. seconds you later, died. I technically died. You died. And I just whited out. And that was it. And it took nine hours. I was there from 3.30 or 4. Did you see Jesus? I did not see anybody. Nobody. I didn't meet the seven people you're supposed to meet when you die. What bands did you miss? Oh. I was just going <laughs> to ask that. <laughs> You know what? If you can find out who played 2007 Coachella on Saturday, all those bands. Yeah. All those bands. I'm sure there was some good ones. And I you can't missed remember. Fall Out Boy. When was the uh, the Tupac hologram? You know what? That was a that, lot later. Yeah, oh, okay. that was like 2011. Like yeah. My bad. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Wow. That's wild. That was that's wild. Wow. <laughs> oh, you know who I did miss because I couldn't go the next day. Oh yeah. I was super bummed. That was when Rage Against the Machine reunited oh, after man. like seven years being broken up, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, communism, funk rock," and I couldn't see it because I had to die. You died. I technically died. Well, that's a pretty good reason not to go to a concert. Yeah, but I was Don't feeling okay. Like Don't you get like a Make a Wish though for that? <laughs> no, I don't. Rage against the machine for your make a wish. They should come to my house and play. A but house show. A house show with Rage Against the Machine. Oh, that would be scary. Holy guacamole! Wow. So yeah, that's my uh, near death experience. Thank you for sharing. They didn't Thank put you. anything directly into your heart, like mm. in Pulp Fiction. No, because that's not real. Oh man. Wait, they injected adrenaline. Yeah. 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 Well, You're they gave me extra steroid adrenaline or whatever it was, and then they were taking Instead something out. Instead of stabbing out. you in the heart and then pressing the thing, they stabbed you in the heart and then, like, sucked it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make Krista vomit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I almost, I had a near-death experience, like, three times during that story. Sorry. <laughs> All right. But thank you for letting me share. That was a lot of fun. Yay. I'm glad you didn't die. Yeah, me too. But I'm not glad that you stopped taking baths when you were seven. Yeah, thank he you. He was nine. Nine. Well. Anyway. Same thing. Is it time for... Sounds fake, but okay. but okay. Dab. Dab. Oh, can we do that again? So everyone dabs. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I missed it. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Sounds fake, but okay. Dab. Dab. Luciano right. dabbed. Malik! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, okay. Luciana's going to play along today, if that's okay. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll pass you my microphone. No. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> All right. Lindsay says no. Sorry. I was just kidding. You can just jump out the window. Bye. Okay. So, this one is called Maybe Don't Live in a Remote Cottage, okay? <laughs> I title these myself. Myself. 24-year-old Sergeant Gregory Volecker of the U.S. Air Force, who was stationed at Britain's Royal Air Force Mildenhall Base, returned home from a temporary duty assignment in Greece to discover his wife and children dead in their home. 
Autopsies of the deceased revealed Lorraine Volker, 27, had died of natural causes, while the couple's two children, two-year-old Galen and 16-month-old Elizabeth, had perished of dehydration, likely Aww. 10 days after their mother had passed away. Aww. No one noticed the absence of Mrs. Volker and the children because the family inhabited a remote cottage outside the small village of Curdling. All right, so what do you guys think? Does it sound fake or real? Real. That sounds pretty real. I'm going to go real. I yeah. think it's real. I think it's real, too. All right, well, we all know one thing. It's real sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this one is called Keep Them in Your Sleeveys. <laughs> on October 25th, okay. 1997, a mass tug-of-war contest was held at a park along the Keelung River in Taipei in celebration of Retrocession Day. Over 1,600 participants joined in the contest, exerting an estimated 80,000 kilograms or more of force on a five-centimeter nylon rope that could bear a force of about 26,000 kilograms at most. Within seconds, the rope snapped, severing the left arms of two men, Yang Ching Ming and Chen Ming Kuo, below the shoulder. The severing of their limbs was believed to have been caused by sheer rebounding force of the broken rope rather than the men's having wrapped the rope around their arms, as was sometimes reported. The victims were taken to Mackay Memorial Hospital and underwent seven hours of microsurgery to reattach their arms. All right. Does it sound fake or does it sound okay? That's real. That's I, definitely real. I feel I'm like going to say real. I think it's real, too. The surgery, though, can they do that? Yeah. Can you reattach? Um, okay. Luciano's a doctor. He says yes. Okay. I think it's real. All right. This one is called... Club Dead. In 1994, 16-year-old Jeremy Breno of Gloversville, New York, was killed when, in a fit of golfer's rage, he struck a bench with a golf club in there. <laughs> and the shaft broke, bouncing back at him and pierced his heart. <gasps> Breno had missed a shot on the sixth hole at the Kingsborough Golf Club and looked to vent his frustration by giving the nearby bench a good whack in retaliation. The Fatal Club was a number three wood. Sound fake or okay? I think it's fake, fake. but I wish it was real. I'm going to go with a real. Because it seems like something that would be on like 1,000 Ways to Die. Okay. Like it's yeah, just that true. silly that it did happen. You know? So I'm going to go with a real. Mm. All right. Let's recap real quick. Maybe don't live in a ro remote cottage, okay? What do you guys think? Real. 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 That one was real, and it was real sad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about keep them in your sleeveys? Real. 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 That one was real. Yay. We did it. That's and also, sad. I named it because of that joke. Where does the king keep his armies? <laughs> in, in his, his sleeveys. sleeveys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. What about okay. Club Dead? Fake. I say real. I think it's fake, but I wish it was real. 
It was real. You picked all real ones? You cheater? That's not <laughs> cheating. That's not a play game. <laughs> but hold on. <laughs> Sorry. So for the last one, I also have some other occurrences of like similar deaths oh, that fun. are real. In 2005, 15-year-old Rafael Naranjo of Gardner, Massachusetts, expired after playfully swinging a five iron he'd found in the street at a fire hydrant. His act caused part of the shaft, along with the head of the club, to break off and lodge in his neck. Cool. And he died. That sucks. And he died. In 1951, Edward Harrison was playing a round at Inglewood in Kenmore, Washington, when the shaft of his driver broke and pierced his groin. Oh, oh that's the weenie. No. He staggered 100 yards before collapsing and bleeding to death. Oh, fuck. Mm. That sucks. From his pee-pee. Oh, that's that well, not from his pee pee. It was probably like his uh, femoral artery, but that's right by your pee pee. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> in 2005, 12 year old Chandler Hugh Jackson of Frisco, Texas, died in Cunningham, Kentucky, after apparently falling into a onto a broken golf club at Dogwood Hill Club. A piece of the club's shaft went through the boy's chest and pierced his aorta. Ew. <laughs> This this episode is killing Krista. Sorry, Krista. All right. Well, that sounds fake, but okay. My bad. Don't play golf ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Plug our stuff. Plug our stuff. Plug our stuff. Plug our stuff. Me? Okay. You, that's your thing, I know, Cal. it's always me. I still don't know our stuff. But Sorry. I, like, stagger through it. Okay. So follow us on Instagram at Brave Girls Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Brave Girls Pod. Follow us on Facebook at Brave Girls Podcast. And our email is bravegirlspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, these special little campfire tale episodes are super fun for us. So be sure to send in your stories. They're my personal favorite. I watch the email all the time. I check it every day and it's my favorite. So what are some spooky examples that people could send in? I feel like a lot of pe- people think that it has to be like a haunting or a ghost. But like yeah. as Luciana just did a near-death experience, that was cool. Yeah. Um, or if you like a like glitch in the matrix type yeah. stuff. Just anything um, unexplainable. Did you see it, your doppelganger? Did you see, I don't know, a Bigfoot? I don't know, an alien, a UFO? Any Anything that you can't really explain that did maybe you, you feel weird about. Did you go to school? And in sixth period, you looked down and you were wearing two different shoes and nobody told you all day. My teacher did that in like sixth grade. Aww. And she was like barefoot the rest of the day because she was embarrassed. Really? Well, like which in is the classroom. worse? I don't know. <laughs> I guess barefoot is comfier. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else okay. is spooky? Any spooky ideas? Um. Oh, um like uh i survived type stories like, oh yeah. yeah did you get away or did you like narrowly miss like yeah. i don't know did like a spooky person come up to you mm-hmm. and ask you if you needed a ride did and you then you were like no yeah, and then later on you saw him like, on the news because he killed some other girl and you were like that could have been me yeah if you ever asked yourself like that could have been or told yourself that could have been me that mm-hmm. story is probably a good one to send mm-hmm. in yeah awesome 
Okay. Well, I guess that's our Campfire Tales episode. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, Luciano, for yes, being thanks, on the episode. Luciano. Thank you. And also, I just want to let everyone know that Lindsay knows the entire Bad Girls Club theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> I quit. Bye. Bye.